TalkZone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Not that many matchups tonight. There's not that many uh, athletic contests going on, but there is the MLB All-Star Game. That is tonight. Indeed, home run derby yesterday. Slept right through it. Actually, we didn't watch it, but if I was watching it, I would have slept right through it. By the way, we had a lot of emails come in on yesterday's uh, best sporting event to take a nap onto. And uh, shockingly, Dave, a fair amount of people agreeing with me that the British Open was indeed the best sport to take a nap on. If you missed yesterday's show and you want to uh, chime in on that, you can do so. The best sporting event, the best individual sport to take a nap to, I argue that it is not only golf, but the British Open in particular. At any rate, welcome everybody. It's two guys in a MikeTalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Our phone lines will be open throughout the entire show. You, the listener, are the co-host on this particular show. 888-463-6748. Ten simple digits. Don't forget to dial the one first. Make it 11, and you could be hosting here on Sports Talk Radio. Live out a dream. Fulfill a fantasy. 888-463-6748. It's the coach and the big dog with you. Big dog off yesterday. Check it in today. So uh, first got to ask you, hopefully you had a great weekend, dog, and um, hopefully all was okay with you. Oh, everything is great, Coach. Uh, a fantastic weekend. Uh, this, just this morning, I actually dropped off Makamui at the airport. To go to Hawaii. So. And for the new listeners that are not aware, Mahmoud is a uh, off-times caller to the show. He's also one of the many roommates in your um, kind of love triangle that you live in. Actually, yeah, it's right. a love. There's like six people. I don't know how you. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's with six things. Is like, well, who knows? Right. You you live with five guys and one woman, if I remember correctly. Yeah, now it's down to four guys. So Mah- and one woman. Mahmoud is. Uh, I was up with Mahmoud until like uh, well all night. So. so. Is this a vacation in, I, uh, in Hawaii, or is Mahmoud officially moving? No, he actually runs a, a, a Verizon store, Coach, and a falafel place. It's kind well, of funny. A lot of people work at Verizon stores or run cell phone places but or uh, you know stores well, like that, but they don't necessarily move to Hawaii to do so. Well, yeah, he became the general manager of one of the stores out there, Coach. Nice. So it, for him, it's going to be like a vacation slash uh, career advance oh. in a couple of years, and then he's going to come back. Well, that's what he says, but I'm pretty sure he has to because of what a like, nice, other Earth That's Earth a Earth nice Earth. gig right there. You go from Verizon Wireless Store Manager in Chicago, and boom, you become a roommate with the big dog, and the next thing you know, you're running a place in Hawaii. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah, yeah and he's not from the, the mountains of, uh, of Pakistan, Coach. He's not a goat herder or anything like that. So <laughs> he's from the hot part, so... Uh, to be honest with you, he needs the warm weather. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. Big Doe, we mentioned yesterday, and I have said this often uh, over the weekend, I A, look at the obituaries, B, look at the Chicago area crime report. If I don't see your name on either, I figure it was a good weekend for you. So thank goodness. When I didn't hear from you yesterday, I started to get worried, but you sound like you're alive and well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. I have phone issues, so it's just to let you know going out. I have to get a new phone. And, you know, my guy that's going to give me my phone went to Hawaii. That's pretty difficult, isn't it? So you're... 
<laughs> your roommate, your connection uh, for the free or under under the table wireless uh, oh, cell no, phone. I'm going to pay for it. I'll, okay. I'll pay for it. Maybe he'll ship it from the Big Island. That's not a bad idea. Probably you pay a lot less in taxes that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, either way, it's great to have you on the show, Big Doug. And uh, I know you were down at Harry Carey's yesterday. At least I think you were. We're expecting a call today from uh, Andy Van Slyke, uh, ex-Major League ball player, now an author of an interesting book. So we will talk about that. And it's All-Star Tuesday, Big Doug. I mentioned yesterday, and I think you're going to agree with me. We've had this discussion on some of our previous shows of all the All-Star games, and I think I'm not uh, on dangerous territory here. I think I'm agreeing with most of the people that the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, clearly the most watchable of the four. You know, without a doubt, this is the one where the people are right. Well, you know, you know, I don't always agree with that, what everybody else thinks, but yeah, this is definitely the truth, Coach. I, I love the Baseball All-Star Game. I haven't watched it as much as I did when I was a kid. I actually will miss it every once in a while. It won't kill me, but, you know, it is something that I normally like to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best thing about the game, dude, I know you're not going to like this, the fact that Felix is willing to change it and make the the World Series the winner gets the home field advantage in the World Series it's yeah. so important. It's actually to me it's I, I'm it's made it more interesting. You know, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm not sure I go in that rank. And again, you want to talk us to baseball? We'll get a little midseason report from the Big Dog. We're going to go over division by division at the halfway point, and certainly talk about the All Star Game today. Uh, baseball fans, check in at eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. I'm with you a little bit on that. I never was a big... First of all, I think it's one of the more overrated. I didn't say insignificant, but I think it's one of the more overrated things in sports, the quote-unquote home field advantage. We're playing all season long for the home ice or the home field advantage. That's what we work for. And then you lose your first game. Yeah, ask, ask the San Jose Sharks what that means over the last yeah. five or six years for them. How about the NBA playoffs? Was the home court advantage uh, relatively insignificant in, in this most recent NBA playoffs? Yeah. And in, in hockey this year, yes. But well, you know, near the end, it, near the end in basketball, it ended up being important a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, typically, though, coach, it does matter. It really does matter. But you can suck yourself out or up with that home field advantage. So mm-hmm. I do agree with you on that point. Well, right now the National League's got a little pride and prestige. They're downplaying it a little bit. But fourteen, I think I got the number right. Fourteen consecutive losses. No, no. There's uh, no? twelve loss, twelve losses and a draw. The last time that. Okay. The NL1 was 1996. Okay, so 13 years they have not won 12, 0, 12, and 1. That's not good. That's that's bad. And, uh, you know, Abaldo Jimenez on the mound for the National League definitely helps, Coach. But have you seen the American League lineup? Well, I mean, in honor of Bob Jeter, I mean, it's 1 through 9. It's incredible. In honor of Bob Shepard, the Yankees, a great, great, uh, not play-by-play voice, but public address announcer. We will very quickly announce the American League lineups. And remember, his uh, his motto was consistency, clarity, and I think I'm getting this wrong, but but he didn't want to uh, make a show out of it, right? Huh? It was with a C. All three of them were right, a C. Right, right. But it was very, uh, he did not want to go Hollywood, did not want to go Showtime, and then he would always put the guy's number before and after. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, so we'll just make it up. But leading off uh, I think in, I know most of them. in right field, number three, Ichiro Suzuki, number three. That'd be 51. You can correct me along the way. But second up, pretty loaded lineup here. Uh, number 14, Derek Jeter, number 14. Number two. <laughs> I'm only off by 12. I'm getting better. In the three spot, 
your American League MVP. So now Bob Shepard wouldn't do that. I'm stepping out of the role. Number nine, Miguel Cabrera. Number nine. Number 24. Cause... <laughs> it's amazing. I, we know I'm right on I'll let you know what I'm, I'm wrong. Banning cleanup for your American League. Number six, Josh Hamilton. Number six. 32. That, you're pretty close to that one, Coach. <laughs> well, if you put three and two together, that's five. You just add one, you got his number. And Josh Hamilton is only one person. So. All right. Vladdy Guerrero batting fifth. I won't do the whole Bob Shepard thing. I won't butcher that anymore. Evan Longorio, six. Joe Maurer, seven. And MVP candidate Robinson Cano at the uh, eight spot. Carl Crawford in the nine spot. The DH is actually Vladdy Guerrero. David Price pitching. That is a pretty good lineup, big dog. You know, uh, I have to admit, somebody else pointed this out to me, so this isn't me uh, pulling out this point. But if you flip the order upside down for the American League, yes, if you take Carlos uh, Carl right. Crawford and Bantam yeah, leadoff, that works. Robinson Cano, Joe Mauer, isn't it a that's how good the lineup is? That's an interesting backwards way of looking at it, but you're exactly right. Now, if you do the National League, though, Coach, if you do the same thing, I don't think you want any of the catching Molinas as your leadoff hitter. And that would make Yadier <laughs> the leadoff hitter for the National League. Doesn't matter which one of them. Any of the flying Molina brothers uh, would not work in the leadoff spot. Oh, huh? no, those 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 crouching Molina brothers, their their knees are done, Coach. Uh, Hanley Ramirez leading off Martin Prado batting second. Pujols, a fixture at third base for the National League. All-Stars first base, batting third, I meant third up hitter. Yeah. Ryan Howard batting cleanup, David Wright five. Ryan Braun, he's actually in a slump, batting six. Andre Ethier, sounds like a chemistry experiment, batting seventh. Corey Hart, eight. Yadier Molina, and then they do have Ubaldo Jimenez. The American League lineup stronger, but maybe the big dog of the National League pitching a little bit better. Um, it, I totally agree with that statement, uh, Coach. It's kind of funny, in the, in the National League, though, the the matchups really are close if you consider the years that those guys are having this year. I know the American League, all those guys are having great years this year, and they have much more of a, a track record. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corey Hart has 22 home runs. Andre Ethier was, you know, battling for the Triple Crown. Uh, you know, so there's there's some really good talent on the National League if you just consider mm-hmm. how hot these guys are this year. As a matter of fact, the only guy not having a, a normal like career year in the National League is Albert Pujols. And, and, and he's uh, he may not be having a career year, but for a down year, he's having a heck of a year. Exactly, he's out of ball, so even that's good. His down year, the equivalent of most people's very, very good years. Big dog, let me ask you and again. It's the dog and a coach with you up until eleven o'clock, folks. Dial it up. Uh, phone lines are open. Talk a little baseball here. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Midpoint of the season. You can also email us at uh, Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. M I C in the number two. Mike. Two guys, AOL.com. We're going to talk about the uh, tragic death of George Steinbrenner in just a minute, too. But, Dog, if you were managing the National League team, yeah, 12 losses in a row, throw in a draw in there, Bud Selig induced. Ubaldo Jimenez strikes out the first three hitters. Let's say it strikes out the first two, gets the next guy to go to a ground ball. Second inning, he gets two easy outs, strikes out the next batter. It's Ubaldo and a groove. Guys having an unbelievable first half. Now, again, I remind you. You've lost 12 consecutive games. How tempted are you to, and I know in all-star games, typically no one pitches more than two innings. Would you go Ubaldo Jimenez, five, six innings if he's hot? Well, you know, a, a couple of things on this. Uh, I remember back when I was growing up, the starting pitcher would go at least three innings in the all-star game unless they had any kind of trouble. And so I would let him definitely go at least three. 
And since there's from for the they're changing the offside game from now on, there will always be a DH, even if it's in the National League Park, and that's a very smart rule. Yes, you get a you, yeah, you get a chance to see somebody else hit, and you, you know, Abalo Jimenez and the Rockies shouldn't yeah. have to worry about him, you know, swinging a bat yeah. at all today. Nobody wants to see a pitcher hitting an All Star game. Absolutely, Coach. So, uh, but I would have to say the only way I would keep any pitcher in for more than three. Uh, innings is if they had struck out every single batter to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you're not even if they're perfect, coach. Unless they right. had struck out nine guys in a row, I'd be like, all right, keep it up, see if you can, you know. But other than that, I take the guy out yeah. after, after three innings. I, I think I agree with you, and the only uh, minor little uh, defectation in that thought process is, is the fact that we've lost 12 games in a row. Which, which is quite a streak. 13 years without winning the damn game, you got a hot pitcher. It's like, all right, come on, we're going to go with the hot hand. But, but I, I think I agree with you. And you got all these other guys who have made the trip there and teams rooting for them. But, um, well, then you throw Josh Johnson another three innings. How about that, coach? So you mm-hmm. get six innings out of Abaldo Jimenez and Josh Johnson. And I will take that right now in a heartbeat. Josh Johnson with a one-point-something ERA. I can honestly say I've not seen him pitch a single pitch this year outside of highlights. But uh, tell us a little bit, Ronnie Santo, tell us a little bit about the young phenom, Josh Johnson. Well, uh, he likes to keep the ball down in the zone, Ronnie, uh, or Patrick. He likes to work quickly. He likes to change speeds. It just so happens that he looks like an offensive tackle. (laughs) Does he like to get ahead in the count? Oh, he loves to pitch ahead in the count, coach. Thank you very much, Ron Santos. The same thing you said for the last 38 pitchers we've analyzed, but uh, shockingly, you're right on in all your predictions. All right, so we got the MLB All-Star Game. We'll see if the NL can break the jinx. Should be a good matchup, and uh, the two of us agree, at least anyways, it is the most watchable of the various All-Star Games. NFL game, forget about it. NHL, for the most part, forget about it. NBA game, I don't know about you, dog, but I do take a peek just for fun. Well, because it's a backyard-style game and it's fun to see players like that, I, yeah. I always try this. It's the same way with uh, the Major League All-Star Game and, and the NBA All-Star Game. Is, yeah, if I miss it, I can live with myself, but I yeah. always try to watch it if I can. Yeah. And it, they're always interesting. Yeah, but, and, but, and the I'm MLB All-Star Game is the most competitive. I mean, if you watch the players, they're they're having fun, but they're into it. It seems to me, from a simple, without getting too complicated, the most competitive. And I think that has to come from it's all individual battles. You know, you we actually keep statistics. You as a batter went into the batter's box, and this is the result that happened, and this is mm-hmm. your history at the All-Star Game. Well, and so I also I, think... That has a little to do with it. Okay, I'll buy that. And I also think that it's not as much as it used to be because there's interleague play, but in the NHL, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, is there that much affiliation? In the NBA, a little bit. You got the pride of the Western Conference versus the East. I don't think it's much. NFL... A little oh, bit, but I think... The games, the games, they should not even play the, the Pro Bowl, coach. Yes. It's just a stupid, stupid game. Yeah. The uh, Football is not about all-stars. It's about yeah. teamwork. It's the most team-oriented game, and, and to try to put together an all-star team of football players is dumb. No, it really is. That's just mm-hmm. Of course, this year the game's in Hawaii, now that your roommate Mahmoud will be running the Verizon Wireless no, they... of Oahu. Maybe uh, it'll be more interesting. We'll get a live report from Mahmoud. Didn't they move it to Miami? Oh, that takes all the fun out of it. Yeah, so I guess we weren't actually. <laughs> but you know, if you go, if you if you think about regular football in Hawaii, yes, this is this is a good day. You can wake up at six in the morning mm-hmm. and be watching college football, watch it all day long in your house. Yes, and then at about three o'clock in the afternoon, after you watch every single game over here, you can go and watch your own football mm-hmm. game in, in 
in Honolulu. You can always watch highlights of uh, Hawaii Rainbow football, the June Jones years. Oh, those, those are some delightful <laughs> times, Coach. Oh, the score is like 65 to 47 offensive fireworks. Hawaii football fever catch it. Oh, yeah, it's Tommy yeah. Chang throwing uh, the most interceptions ever. He threw like 200 interceptions in his career. That's a lot. By the way, I don't know if you saw this or not, Big Dog. I know sometimes you are in pre-preparation for the show, and you are so intent in your preparation that you miss some of the late-breaking stories. But uh, And we are going to get to George Steinbrenner, I promise. But did you see you mentioned college game day? In college football, did you see Aaron Andrews has signed on to be a part of the college game day? And they're going from uh, whatever they were. I don't know how many hours was college game. They're expanding even an hour more. So one of your favorite shows now includes one of your favorite announcers, Miss Aaron so, Andrews. Absolutely. I, I love Aaron Andrews. She's a uh, class act. Very beautiful. And, and she gets it done. She, asks, she actually asks legitimate yes. questions normally. Normally. Yes. Not always. And... Yeah. uh so that's good. And so college game, they're going to start on ESPNU for an hour and then go on at, at, at normal time, two hours before uh, before the game. So technically, you could start watching college football at 3 o'clock in the morning in Hawaii, Coach. Wow. Wow. Well, your roommate Mahmoud will have to adjust to that. Very, very exciting. It's the big dog and a coach here. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com. Again, phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Big dog, I believe you were down at Harry Carey's yesterday. They had the big uh, book debut book signing. Brand new book that is out there. Unfortunately, I don't have a copy of it because it got stolen from somebody here at the two guys or the TalkZone.com. It got confiscated. But uh, X... St. Louis Cardinal ex-Pittsburgh Pirate Andy Van Slyke, the author of a book, fictional, sadly enough, of the Cubs winning the World Series finally. And I think you got to meet Andy yesterday. He's on the line with us right now. Andy Van Slyke, welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. How are you? Uh, hi, guys. It's great to be with you. You know, I had uh, one of my buddies back home uh, that grew up with me who found out I wrote a book, and he said, if you got a good editor, my, Andy. Yeah, that was my uh, capacity real, in reality. Who was the, uh, you didn't have a ghostwriter? You actually did the writing yourself. Well, no, Rob, uh, Rob and I really worked together. We mm-hmm. corroborated, uh, it's my story. Uh, you know, as far as structuring a, uh, a paragraph on a, on a computer is not one of my forte's. I, uh, you know, I'm a single finger type of, uh, typer, so. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob, Rob can pour out 150 words a minute on it. You know, he's so fast. So we just cooperated together. We, you know, we banged heads together. And I had a story to tell that I thought would be interesting, you know, on the human nature side and also on the baseball side. So it, mm-hmm. it's a book that's not only about baseball, it's about relationships. It's, uh, you know, it's about uh, the story of how dark human nature can be and how far it will go to satisfy their needs sometimes. Now, you didn't grow up in the city of Chicago, at least uh, last I checked. We did have our research department do a little research on you, Andy. We dug back into your, some of your high school and junior high. Great reports. We'll talk to you after the show about that. Uh, you didn't play for the Cubs. We will keep those under, okay? Well, we won't talk about it on the air. There's a few, those are sealed. A few things I need to talk to you about off air. We won't bother with that now. But uh, And you played for the Pirate. You played for the Cardinal. You always had great games against the Cubs. So the obvious question is, uh, what, what? How did the idea come about that you wanted to write the, this book about the cup? You know, I 
I never felt this animosity towards the Cubs when I came through the Cardinals. You know, I was always told that there's this love-hate relationship between the Cubs and the Cardinals. I never really felt that. I fell absolutely in love with Wrigley Field when, when I, the first time I stepped on it. I said, you know, growing up as a kid and wanting to play Major League Baseball, I think like a lot of kids were doing uh, at that time, this is what Major League Baseball felt like. It was grass. You know, I was playing on turf most of the time in the National League back then in the 80s. Uh, it was outside. It was sun. Uh, the fans were, were right there. So it kind of felt like a giant, you know, Legion or high school baseball game to me. I was just mm-hmm. having so much fun that it actually heightened and raised my level and appreciation to play baseball at the major league level. And I think Wrigley Field does that for a lot of Boise players. And so uh, I just felt that uh, with the 100th anniversary coming up, of the Cubs never making it to the World Series, or winning the World Series, I should say, that um, I thought there might be a story, a story that uh, that the curse, I think a lot of people feel the Cubs have. I personally don't believe in them, but I thought I could continue that story, and maybe there's a chance that they could overcome that. Book is called Cubs Win, Cubs Win, and again, I'm not looking at a copy of it because it got confiscated, and then at the end it's a, or not. Or not. Cubs win, Cubs win or not. Fictional story, Chicago yeah. Cubs winning the championship, written by uh, ex-MLB star Andy Van Slyke. By the way, in honor of Eric Carey, Van Slyke, uh, spelled backwards, big dog is Eelsnuff. <laughs> I, I definitely have heard I it. I appreciate uh, that. Just thought I I'd mention that. How many uh, All-Star games did you uh, play in, Andy? Uh, i actually been to uh, more than I played in. I, uh, I've been... Went to three and played in two. I had a broken collarbone for one of them, so I wasn't able to play in one of them. It's but, not bad. Uh, That's not bad, though. No, not bad. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing in uh, Pittsburgh, you, you know, you, you didn't get the recognition probably uh, that you get in New York or Chicago, but uh, that, that's okay. I was part of three championships teams in, in the early 90s, so uh, we, uh, we accomplished a lot. One of our emailers wants to know if there's a, any sex scenes in the book involving no. ex-Cub shortstop Augie Ojeda. <laughs> Hope. No, it's, uh, it's a right. book that you can, you can ask your teenage daughter or son and, and feel right. very good about. It. I just, uh, personally, I, I haven't read it yet, but I do hope that Jim Riggleman, ex-Cub manager Jim Riggleman, I hope he gets the girl in the end. Because, I mean, the he guy, he, he's still not married, right, need- though? That, that guy needs something besides, you know, Kerry Wood being, you know, playing for Kerry Wood. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he's got plenty of women. I just hope, uh, you know, that he settles down with someone in the end. But apparently that would not be part of your uh, particular book. Uh, no, that was really not my premise. You know, that's okay. why it's a fiction. When there's no sex involved in a Major League Baseball <laughs> season, it is fiction. <laughs> Nicely played. And I heard, uh, we don't want to give it away, but Andy, there's a little bit of a... Uh, Twist of sorts towards the end. Would that be a, a correct assumption? Well, there is. You know, uh, you know, there's a huge tragedy that takes place in the beginning of, of the story, and and the uh, unfortunately the owner is part of that tragedy. He's uh, twisted in the plot, um, and I think a lot, you know, like like you guys, and like I think a lot of men experience when we look at our fathers. You know, we want to emulate our fathers if they're successful guys. Yet. Every father, just like us, we have flaws. The question is, are we going to repeat the sins of the father? And that's one of the thoughts of the book, is that the son's going to have to contemplate, look in the mirror, 
Mm-hmm. Is he going to end up like his father or is he going to take the high road? And that's uh, there's two roads that he can take, and that's what you're going to have to find out in the story. Very cool. Very cool. Again, it's called Cubs Win. Cubs win or not, and Andy doing uh, some of the book signing tours in Chicago. I'm assuming, Andy, it's available, Amazon.com and uh, many of the local bookstores. Amazon.com, electronically, bookstores, yeah. Um, And also Inspire.com, also the, uh, I mean, not Inspire, uh, Ascend.com is the publisher, Ascend.com. Are you doing any uh, book signings in the area today that our female fans could go down and catch a glimpse of an Andy Vance like? Yes, uh, um, I am. I'm going to be at Harry Carey's tonight between 6 and 8 during the All-Star game. So come down. We, uh, cool. we get enough people down there. We'll we'll all sit around and watch the All-Star game together. And, and, and because it's so important, this game, you know, we'll all be biting our nails. <laughs> oh, Big Dog, you got a chance to meet Andy yesterday, correct? Uh, yeah, heck yeah. Andy's in pretty good shape, Coach. Looks like he can uh, definitely still play. Speaking of that. Speak. Did you, I happen to briefly just flip around? Did you watch the softball game yesterday? I, I In, watched uh, a little bit of it. I got to see Ricky Henderson play. I, you know, I some of these guys. Now, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say Andy is still pretty in shape. Some of these guys are not that far removed from playing. A Gary Carter. A, oh, uh, Gary Carter. A Dave Gary Winfield. Carter, but, he looked like he looked like a Buddha baby, didn't it's he? It's unbelievable. But I watched these guys playing the ex, not just professional athletes, but the elite athletes in A. They're overweight. B, they can barely move. What? Well, you know what? The, the moving part is understandable. There's, I don't think the average fan appreciates what physical sacrifice an athlete takes, whether uh-huh. it be football. Gary Carter is the reason Gary Carter is is, is in the shape he is because he's got you know two bad knees. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he had them both replaced. You know, he's a catcher that caught mm-hmm. over two, you know, almost probably two thousand games or more. So. It's very understandable when you look at a, you know maybe a Bo Jackson or a Gary Carter or Isaac Smith that they're not moving because there is so much arthritic uh, arthritis in their joints and they just came over. I can appreciate that. I you know, mm-hmm. I played out there for 13 years okay. and I got basically don't have an L5 on my back, so I got a mm-hmm. very you know degenerate fitness right. in my back. So. Yeah, that's, that's a good aspect of it. I was just looking at it from the uh, amateur's view of here are these ex elite professional athletes <laughs> and they're all can barely move. But you bring up a great point: the wear and tear of the professional season. By the way, Big Dog, you'll be happy to know Chicago Bandits pitcher Jenny Finch still very much in good shape. Yeah, I think yeah. he hit a home run, somebody was saying. So that, that was cool. But, uh, uh, what, I mean, you actually heard and didn't watch Raleigh Fingers play left field, Coach. It, it was it was actually kind of hard to watch him actually run around. So. Beautiful. Andy, we wish you uh, the best of luck with the book. Hopefully a lot of our fans can get down to Harry Carey's to, uh, tonight. If you can't, Amazon.com, local bookstores, or Inspire.com, correct? That's it. Beautiful. And if you're looking, if this is a success... Andy Vance like and if you're looking to uh, write a second book, we can help you out a fictional story about uh, two struggling sports talk hosts trying to make it big and getting ignored by all major sports networks. Well, uh, think, that happens a lot out there. I've been there, guys. I, you know, talk to me and Joel. We can give you the, some insights on the book. Okay. All right, Andy. Best of luck. We appreciate your taking some time out. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. There it is. Andy Vance, like, yeah, paint a picture down there yesterday. Big Doe, what was it uh, like at Harry Carey's? Oh, it was a really good time. But before I get into that, just to prove a point about you, Coach, he said the wrong, uh, what do you call it, one of the wrong websites, and you repeated the wrong one and not the one that he corrected. Not Inspire.com? No, it's Ascend, which I thought was pretty funny. He's like, no, no, I mean Ascend. So that, okay. that pretty much sums up our show, Coach. <laughs>
it was uh, it was a nice time. Bob Iback was there, and uh-huh. uh, you know he's a friend of the program, and uh, basically some of the the biggest writers about the Cub uh, were there, so mm-hmm. that, that so, was good to see. Did you uh, meet and greet very, any any good uh, big dog stories as you started to uh, glad hand with some of Chicago sports celebrities? Yeah, uh, uh, George Castle. Elliot Harris was, Harris was there, but there wasn't a bunch of beautiful women surrounding him, so that was a little bit weird. I, I, I don't know how he always gets that to happen. Uh, met Andy's wife, very nice lady, and uh, Dutchie Carey telling stories about Harry Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Iback told a couple stories that he's told on the air, on our show, so I don't know if we love them, but here's, the, here's one good reason why the Cubs lost to the Padres in 1984. Now, I know, I'm a diehard Cub fan, so trust me, it hurts even... Think about that day. But if you're a Cub fan, just take solace in this. that The day after they lost to the Padres, the, the Carries were already back in Chicago. Harry did not want to go to San Diego. I mean, you know, the, he, he didn't want to stay in there all. So right after the game, he came home. Uh, instead of going to Detroit, which were the Cubs, would have had a go, Coach. Well, when he came home, he told Dusty, I don't feel too good. I should go to the hospital. So they take him to the hospital that day. And he didn't really feel good, Coach. He had, I guess, a, a ulcer, a bleeding ulcer, the mm-hmm. size of a baseball in his stomach. And he was just going to deal with it after the World Series. Well, it turns out he would have died either like the day, that day or the day after. Wow. That's how bad he was. Wow. So if Leon Durham fields that ball, the Cubs uh-huh. will win. Harry Carey dies. Interesting. Interesting. That hits home with me because a little bit less than a year ago, a good buddy of mine who did not believe in going to the doctor uh, and had been suffering through some pain, had a bleeding ulcer, and uh, he ended up dying. They found him in, a, in his apartment, and that's what it was. He, he did not go to see a doctor, so that could be very, very serious indeed. Never Is that the first time that story's been told? Because I certainly haven't heard that uh, in public. Well, I don't know. She didn't actually mention that, but she did say, I, just, I have one story. Because like Bob Iback told the story about Leon Durham spilling the Gatorade on his glove mm-hmm. and then having a stop and wet glove out there, and he was looking at his glove for a split second before Tim Flannery hit him with a ground ball. So right after Bob said that story, you know, Dutchie came in and told the story about uh, mm-hmm. Harry. So maybe that's what it was. It's just like a tie-in. Whenever you know I, what I mean? think of the 1984 uh, defeat to the San Diego Padres, all I can picture is the forearms of Steve Garvey. Uh, uh, Steve Garvey, because you can't even say that name without me actually feeling ill. Killed the Cubs. Absolutely yeah, killed them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were just talking to one of the greatest Cub killers of all time. Yes. Andy Van Slick has the highest opposing batting average of somebody with, I don't know, I'm a, a, what, 100 at-bats or whatever it is, uh, at Wrigley Field. Really? It's 370-something. He didn't even throw. He was in the 370s. I'm not sure what. You know, but, uh, that, that's pretty good, Coach. He hit 370 and 100 at bats. That's, that's a large sample size. And it, for him, it had been at least, you know, he, he played there nine games a year back in the day for 13 years. You know what I mean? So that's a boy more than 100 at bats. Yeah, I, mean, I, I knew he played well against the Cubs. I remember many, many good games. I didn't know he had the highest batting percentage of any uh, MLP player at Wrigley Field. But, you know, and I meant to ask Andy this, the way he described, even as a St. Louis Cardinal and Pittsburgh Pirate, how much he enjoyed playing at Wrigley Field, the city of Chicago, the environment at Wrigley Field, appreciated the fans, and then you double that with the fact that he always hit well on Wrigley Field. I think you know what my next question is going to be, Big Dog. It's a shame that the uh, Chicago Cubs somehow, somewhere along the way, didn't get Andy Vance like to put on the Cubs jersey and play for them. Uh, well, they needed a center fielder coach for all those years. That really would have been nice if they actually did get Andy Vance like 
I'm not knocking Andy here, but though it mm-hmm. did seem like a lot of the players that we got in that particular situation or that ilk didn't pan out. Remember Jeff Blauser? Yeah. Who hit, who hit 25 career home runs, and I think 24 were at, uh, at Wrigley Field. So, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen in that particular situation. C- center sure. field and third base seem to be two open spots perennially for the Chicago Cubs. Center field goes back to a Ronnie Santo in the 1969 Chicago Cubs. That famous team that uh, bottomed out the last three weeks of the season, but a magical team, nevertheless, had great position uh, players, all-stars, big dog, at just about every position. But I think that year they had like nine different center fielders, none of which could stick. Yeah, and all of those nine, every single one of those nine got cursed. Well, the only one didn't got cursed out by uh, Ron Santo. Santo. Yeah, well, Don Young most famously. Yeah, let's see if I can remember something. Jimmy Qualls, Cleo James, Don Young... Was Adolfo Phillips part of that nine number? Um, I, I don't know, Coach. I got to be honest with you. I don't know the nine. Can I use that word, David Olson? It's a triumvirate. Can I skip six and go to a nine number? Uh, I, th- I thought ahead. it fit pretty well. David shaking his head. He said, "Who the hell cares, Coach? Nobody's listening." All right. <laughs> <laughs> we do thank Andy for coming on. And again, the book, uh, Big Dog. You got to look at. Do you have a copy of it, Dog? Uh, yes, I started reading it, and the strategy at the beginning. Oh, my goodness, Coach. It'll, it it kind of grabs you. It pulls you right into the book. All right. Cubs win. Cubs win. And then is there like the dot, dot, dot? Um, yes, Coach. Because okay. it's basically what it'll take for everybody, for the Cubs to actually win the mm-hmm. World Series. All right. Well, and Andy Vance, like the author of that book, he's done on Harry Carey's tonight. Book available all the local bookstores, Amazon.com. We thank Andy. He's done about 16,000 interviews in the last uh, couple of days. We appreciate him taking some time out for our small show. We'll take a quick break here. David Olson, our producer, when we come back, Big Dog, we will talk about the uh, tragic death of the New York Yankees owner, George Steinbrenner. Also getting to some other notes and a little Residue Tuesday stuff from the weekend. Back in a minute. Don't go anywhere. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Coach. And the big dog at your service. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com 17 days big dog 17 days until they break win i mean break camp out in bourbon a the chicago bears 17 days away from practicing you got to be excited Matter of fact, tomorrow's show, both of us might do the show in the three-point stance in honor of football on the horizon. Uh, that sounds like an excellent idea, Coach. You know, I cannot wait yeah. for the old picks going to be tossed around. Human beings running into okay. each other at full speed. I love it. This time, make sure we're facing each other, though. The last time we tried doing a football show like that, it got a little uncomfortable, quite frankly. 
Yeah, I, I could imagine. Coach. I, mean, I know you've always wanted to be a center, but um, that was going a little bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, today is a happy National French Friday. It is National French Friday today. I thought I'd ask our uh, listeners, Daily Quandary, David Olson, our producer, if you have a favorite French fry, either from a um, restaurant, you know, a, a common restaurant or maybe some uncommon restaurant out there. Uh, if your favorite restaurant, Big Dog, you got like a one, two, three. I've got a first place, second place, and third place. But first of all, happy National French Friday to you and yours. Uh, I, I do appreciate it, Coach. And I really am not big on the uh, on the French fries. Really? No, I, it's uh, I don't know. I, I I haven't been to McDonald's in four years. I used to mm-hmm. like those a lot. But like, I'll go into a place and instead of ordering like the combo meal, which uh, basically like two and a half bucks extra for a, a a Coke, right, and some fries, I just get like two double cheeseburgers. Yeah. Or I get like a double cheeseburger and a hot dog. Yeah. So I'd do that. Or just get the burrito. And I eat a lot of Mexican food, uh-huh. so I eat a lot of burritos. So, I no, I, I okay. All right, so you're yeah, not the man to ask on National French Friday, but you do sound like not. a hamburger connoisseur. Uh, are you aware there's a new franchise? That was the word I was looking for before. Top French fries. It could be a franchise restaurant or an individual. But uh, there's a, a, a burger joint coming to Chicago area, very successful in other areas called Five Guys. Five Guys is unbelievably good. Oh, I can't. They, they came out of the south. And, and I, like, what makes it good? Uh, everything they make is fresh. Yes, it's all fresh. I heard I, they don't even have a freezer at the store. Nope, nope. Everything is made fresh. Interesting. Uh, they started out real small in Florida, and then they decided to go public, and it just exploded. Mm-hmm. They weren't even looking. Uh, nope. I heard to get in the whole franchise business. Nope. They just wanted to run a simple restaurant. And... Yep. Yep, man. They, yeah, five guys decided to open a burger mm-hmm. shop, and it was like so successful. They expanded around the south, and it's like it's one of the fastest growing franchises around. Mm-hmm. So there's a little healthiness factor to it. I wouldn't go that far. It's still, I mean, <laughs> still, it's still a burger, but uh-huh. least, I mean, uh, it's it's grade A fresh beef, okay, fresh potatoes, fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make everything right there in front of you. Are the cows so, humanely killed? I don't know how you humanely kill yeah. someone, but. And it's, I mean, a very simple menu. Burger, fries, hot dogs. That's it. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's Because I will definitely go in there and I'll get, like, the double cheeseburger and a hot dog. I mean, that sounds like a decent I'm meal a, for me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's, it'll cost you five bucks for a burger, but it's, like, it's a not huge bad. burger. And, uh-huh. I mean, when you get everything on it, I mean, it's literally everything. It's, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and grilled onions and mushrooms and it's like it's so if i go into the five guys and ask for the uh, breaded chicken patty sandwich the chef might come out with a machete and chase me out of there is that what you're telling exactly actually you know they might they might have a chicken sandwich (laughs) um they might Uh, don't you love those people big dog going to hamburger joint in order the breaded chicken patty yeah yeah i'm with you on that yeah prime (laughs) replacement or a hot dog place and they order the burrito you know it's just but when you like get an order of fries there, it's enough to feed like a family of five. Okay. I mean, it's just a huge sack of, fr- and they're fresh. They've got like bags of potatoes mm-hmm. all over the place. Right. They bring in daily. And good stuff. They, yeah, they just have, have uh, has one opened up in the Chicago area yet? Because there, yeah, there's several in the I'm Chicago. Starting area. to get there's, the taste. Um, there's one in Orland Park, I think. Uh, Downers Grove. Uh, one just opened in Desplaines. Mm-hmm. Over by Randhurst. Ah, that's um, close. Park Ridge is opening in a few weeks. Okay. Um, 
And then there are a couple downtown. All right. Any of our uh, listeners out there been to a Five Guys or spotted one in the Chicago area? Or if you happen to be listening uh, via the website in any one of the other 49 continental United States or internationally. we got a lot of listeners in the other continents, Big Dog. Your voice being heard today in seven different continents and also parts of uh, uh, Wheaton and Waukegan as well. Give us a call, 888-463-6748. But it is National French Friday. Very quickly, uh, my th- number three, and you mentioned it, McDonald's. Very tough to stay on top for a long time, to stand the test of time. But I'm telling you, the McDonald's French fry, I know the recipe is secret. It's still every bit as good as it used to be. No, somebody tells me that, you know, besides the, the hydrogenated vegetable oil that they put in there, it's sugar in there. There's a lot of sugar in the salt for on uh-huh. McDonald's uh, French fries. All right. I, I cannot analyze the ingredient. I'll take your word for it, but they're still really good. That's the best way I can describe it. Oh, no. They, they, I remember that was the reason to go to McDonald's as a kid. I the best French fries around. Irving's French Fries in Wilmette. Place has been open for 30 years, and I only put them in the category if you go cheese fries. I'm not typically a big cheese fry guy, but almost all the cheese fries, the processed cheese, they've got, I'm not sure what it is, but it's the real deal. The cheese fries from Irving's and Wilmette, my number two ranked up potato. It's a thick cut well, potato, big dog. Well, if you uh, if you put real cheese on there and not that processed stuff, that would actually be the best stuff that you're eating out of those French fries, to be honest with you, especially if you exercise. Yes, no question about it. Number one, recently, moving to the top of the rankings, Glenview, Illinois, Fred Hots, the garlic fries at Fred Hots. Huge you know, order, tons of fresh garlic. Over the French fries, no trans fat included. The garlic fries at Fred Hots, highly recommended by this uh, somewhat in shape sports talk host. Yeah, I, I did not realize you're going like with specialty fries, but you know if you're going with that, uh, just just a simple Dairy Queen chili fries. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They put their the Dairy Queen chili on top of their French fries. Pretty good. As a kid, was absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Okay, I'm so. sorry, I didn't mean to skip categories on you. At any rate, happy happy National French Friday to everybody out there. Big dog uh, earlier this morning, fairly recently, I believe at the age of uh, 80, one of the great icons in all of baseball, the owner of the New York Yankees. He had been uh, pretty much in retirement the last couple of years, but George Steinbrenner passing away, massive heart attack. I'm sure at the All Star Game tonight. There will be some uh, great memorials to George Steinbrenner, but your thoughts as uh, the icon had passed away. Uh, you know what, well, Coach? I actually liked George Steinbrenner. I, you know, he was kind of like a lot of people hated him because he kind of threw his money around and all that stuff. But he did a lot of very, very good things for baseball, and he was more than happy to do the whole revenue sharing thing and all that. He just wanted to make sure when owners actually took his money for no particular reason that they actually spent it on the players and not just put it in their own pockets. So. Uh, George Steinbrenner was a good guy, misunderstood, and I don't know if anybody knows this, but he tried to gain controlling interest of the Chicago Bulls, uh, you know, like the 83-84 season, could not get it, did not like Jerry Reinsdorf, so he got out of the Bulls totally, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, Michael Jordan came to town. So. Interesting. And how much different would it be for the Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls legacy if George Steinbrenner was able to uh, actually gained the actual majority control of the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan probably would not have been treated like the way he was at the end, at the end. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I'm one of those people that uh, will be the first to tell you that like, Reinsdorf paid Jordan the two highest salaries ever in the history of sports. So, but, uh, yeah, that's George Steinberg. That's too bad. Yeah, no question about it. Massive heart attack early this morning. I don't think he was in the best of health. I know he had kind of dropped out the day-by-day uh, uh, doings of the New York Yankees. His son, I believe, is his son's name, Hank was running most of the show, but uh, 
Very charismatic guy. There was an aura about him, no question about it. And my only negative, and you hate to talk about negative about someone who just passed away, but to me he is a symbol of sorts of the overpricing, the high salaries, not, uh, teams, not just in Major League Baseball, but in any professional sport, trying to buy their way to a championship. To me, he kind of symbolized that. I know that's probably not a total accurate depiction, but that's I always have that little negative aura because I kind of hold him responsible for the whole escalating of the salaries. You know what? He definitely is uh, part of the escalating of the salaries, but there's absolutely no question about that. You, can, that. you can't argue that. That's definitely a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, but he tried to do what was right or best by his fans. He tried to give them the best possible product all the time. And he was more than willing to build a farm system and spend money on building a farm system. And if you think about it, if I remember correctly, Coach, he bought the Yankees in 73 from, uh, what is it, uh, CBS, right? Yep. The CBS Corporation. And he mm-hmm. bought it for like $10 million. And that team was worth $100 million like five years later. So at like every single level of a franchise is worth the, the Yankees are the first one to get that. So you know what? The guy was a businessman coach. He's, you know, he seemed to do it you know, in a business way. So I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to rip a guy for having his own attitude, his own style. And he, and he never asked for anything he was out there worth. So. Any ideas? Now they got, what, about the 12 hours to plan it, but any ideas – what they might uh, do with the All-Star game tonight, I don't know. They don't want to overblow it, but certainly it will be uh, a part of the pregame ceremonies. Well, what you should do is uh, have like a, a montage of things that he's done that he was known for. So, like, you know, like if it was like Sammy Sosa, you, you know, it would be home runs from 98 through 01. For him, it would be tirades and, and different times that he fired Billy Martin. I was going to say put the... a montage of all those. It could be really good. <laughs> the firing and hiring of Billy Martin about eight different times. That was that was a unique approach, but apparently it worked. Yeah, you know, speaking of like the, the All Star softball game that you talked about with Andy Vance, like Dave Dave Winfield was there, and Dave Winfield ended up being a really clutch player. But while he was with the Yankees, and and like you said, egg on Steinbrenner's face, a bunch of money around. And he threw it at Dave Winfield, and he came and never really produced on the Yankees coach mm-hmm. the way he was paid to. And he used to call him Mr. May. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, uh-huh. David Winfield, Ooh, Mr. May. That's a shot. Yeah, so, I mean, he had some really funny one-liners, too. He, he, the guy had a sense of humor, Coach. There's no question about that. Uh, and of course, he was uh, made famous somewhat, too, on the Jerry Seinfeld show. But uh, passing away at the age of 80, George Steinbrenner, any of our – Fans out there, baseball fans, maybe you're listening in the New York area, want to check in, talk about uh, your owner passing away suddenly, massive heart attack, very tragic, uh, at the age of 80, 888-463-6740, 888-463-6748, our phone number. You can email us at mike2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2guys2gu
not so bad. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have the good things in it. You know what I'm saying, Coach? So might as well go with the olive oil. Okay. There's a lot more like antioxidants and the really, really, really good polyunsaturated fats that uh. The young kids out there, what what are the oils? We know coconut oil will be one of them. What are the oils to stay away from? Well, coconut oil isn't isn't so bad because coconut oil, just to let you know, Coach, there's a a lot of cholesterol in it. But coconut is a lot of uh, medium-chain triglycerides. So if you exercise and if you don't have any type of of, of cholesterol problems, it, it can help you get skinny as long as you exercise. Uh, coconut oil, believe it or not, okay. but you, you are right. That is not something you want to have a lot of, definitely. This is new info on me because I'm a longtime pina colada guy, lover of coconut, but I've been staying away from the coconut oil. I thought it was uh, like a no-no for those well, of us. It, with it, the... There is a lot of cholesterol in it okay. comparatively, but uh, you know, you, you know that we're talking about good type of fat, like yep. in oil. Most oils are going to be good for you as long as they're not man-made, like hydrogenated vegetable oil that uh, that McDonald's cooks their French fries in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, but uh, those medium-chain triglycerides, you know what I'm talking about, Coach? Not really. Okay, well, that, that's the difference. When your body di- will not store that stuff on you as fat, <laughs> and immediately it's water-soluble. So if you have, like, whole milk, uh-huh. uh, coconut oil, like these type of things, there is cholesterol, and so you have to eat a lot of pears and and uh and uh what do you call it uh oats and stuff like that but if you ingest this stuff it's a water soluble fat so it'll automatically break up if you exercise it'll burn as fat it'll burn energy in your body and then all of a sudden your body's burning fat so it'll start burning fat off of your body ladies and, and gentlemen on, for me in honor of national french friday it's health expert big dog joe radwanski joining us here on the two guys in a mic show you called it medium uh what triglycerides chain Chain? You know, like, like if you go into uh, Five Guys and you order one of those double cheese burgers with probably bacon on it, right? All that's going to be a long chain triglyceride, that red meat, that type of fat, you know, like that white fat. Coach. So what okay. happens is it's harder for your body to actually break that down into energy. Okay. So you have to exercise a lot in order for that to start being burned, mm-hmm. and so your body is more likely to store that on your body as fat because it's less for your body to store it than mm-hmm. it is to actually burn it. Read labels. I mean, that, that's something I got in the used to doing a, a while back, but and it can have some negatives, too, because it can, quite frankly, at times turn you off of food. But uh, read the labels on the products. I just, uh, milk, regular good old milk for one of the weird times. Forget how it came about. Well, I know, because the sticker. The person at the grocery store put the, uh, you know, the sticker they put on the milk to get out of the store? Uh-huh. Not sure what that does, so the alarm doesn't go beep, 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 beep. We got someone stealing 2% milk door number four. Get them, get them, get them. I don't know why they got to put a sticker on milk, but they do. And so the sticker was right on the uh, where the ingredients are, which I normally don't look at uh, milk. I buy my kid 2%. The rest of us drink skim. But I looked at the sugars. I was fascinated by 12 grams of sugar in milk. Yeah, what do you think lactose is, Coach? It's just sugar. Lactose is sugar? Yeah. I know a lot of people are lactose intolerant that still eat sugar. A lot of a lot of Asian people. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just another form of sugar. You know, there's all different. There's fructose and fruit. Mm-hmm. There's lactose in the uh, in milk. So here I am. I, you know, I'm worried about cereals that have 11 grams of sugar, 12 grams of sugar per serving. And little did I know, you know, I'm trying to cut down, maybe find a cereal with eight grams, nine gram. The damn milk that you're pouring in. Has 12 grams. It has more sugar than the Cocoa Puffs. Well, but it, like Joe said, it's the type of sugar, though. 
It's also the type of sugar because if you look yeah, at because if you look at like what's in the cereal and everything like that, yeah. you're, you're getting into the high fructose corn syrup. Oh, that's and that's uh, and that's bad news. Yeah, natural yeah. sugar is better than the high fructose corn syrup. But it's not even though it's not like it's better. You shouldn't eat high fructose corn syrup. You know, so, a little bit won't hurt you, but a little bit of cyanide won't hurt you either, Coach. So when it says 10 grams of sugar, it's not necessarily pure sugar? It can be? No, no, it's pure sugar, Coach. Oh. Here, here's what I'm trying Just like uh, the fat in milk won't make you fat, <laughs> it gives you energy, your body breaks down those sugars very easy in milk, okay. extremely easy. Okay. Because, I mean, it is for mammals. I mean... You think the milk that a cow's giving its calf is actually going to make it fat and dumb and slow and stupid? It actually stranger things have happened. And, and those proteins in there, I don't know how the proteins are for drinking milk for human beings, mm-hmm. but like the, the proteins for the calf, and like it immediately uses okay. those as building blocks. And then uh-huh. we probably do too. And that is like a hundred percent of them. Good stuff. Milk has a, a bad uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, reputation. It's actually really good for you. And it, as mm-hmm. soon as I started drinking whole milk, coach, I started losing weight. Some solid information. Solid information coming out of the big dog. We remind our uh, high school, our junior high kids, our grade school kids out there, big dog. When you listen to two guys in a mic, always have the number two lead pencil and an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. You never know when wisdom, information, helpful tidbits on life can be passed along. I highly advise taking notes on our program in uh, the last 10 minutes. A good example of that. Nicely done, my friend. Nicely done. And if you have a number two pencil, people, uh, trust me, sometimes <laughs> this show can be extremely irritating. Don't sharpen it too much. Yeah. You know oh, what I, th- I mean? Keep, make it it's a dull tip. I thought you were going to tell me there was a health uh, a health worry with number two lead. <laughs> I don't think they have number two lead anymore, Coach. Isn't okay. it graphite? What? They They've they gone lead. away from good old-fashioned lead? They did away with lead before oh, I was born. Come I hate to tell you that on, much. that's weak. That's how long ago they did it and how old that's you are. That's weak. Graphite is like graphite is like the high fructose corn syrup. I want lead in my pencil. Okay, actually, you know, graphite. I mean, it's uh, that's actually the good one, Coach. You can actually yeah. lick graphite. Overrated. <laughs> All right, big dog. We got to wrap up uh, today's show. We got a couple more minutes, so let's go back if we could. I don't know how we got sidetracked. I started off with National French Friday. And we end out with a health explanation. I got to throw out uh, a French fry to you as well. Oh, yes. Uh, the seasoned fries at Red Robin. Red Robin? Red Robin, yeah. It's another chain. It's another chain. It's but, more of a family style restaurant, but they've got seasoned fries there, oof. which are unbelievable. Not too greasy? Good. No, they're not greasy at all because they're, the they're the big steak fries. Where? Ooh, I love that. Where in the Chicago area might you find a Red Robin, if I could be so personal as to ask? A mall, all, basically. Yeah, all over the place. You got Lincolnshire, Schaumburg. Okay. Uh, Niles. Red Robin. Very good. Uh, yeah, all over the place. All Pretty right. much near any major mall. There's any of our Robin listeners there. want to check in on our National French Friday? You want to throw out a uh, great place to get a French from? Maybe a place many of us have not heard of. Uh, 888-463-6748. If you can't get in on time, you can always email us at Mike Two Guys. That's M-I-C and the number two. Mike Two Guys, AOL.com. And it's a bottomless bowl, by the way. They'll keep bringing them and bringing them and bringing them. Really? Yeah, they will. Yep. They will. Unless oh, you yeah. smell of homeless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, dog, about a minute and a half left on the All-Star game. What are some of the things you expect tonight? Give me a winner, maybe an MVP, any things you uh, might expect to see. Should be a good ball game, as always. Uh, I actually picked my MVP yesterday. i gotta, I got to remember before I get to this. But, yeah, I do think the National League finally ends its streak. I, I just think it's about time. And this this might sound kind of stupid, the reason why, but when I saw the American League lineup, it is so unbelievable to me 
all I could think was, wouldn't it be funny if this team lost? I mean, if for some reason, I, this, the American League lineup coaches, it, I would not be surprised if eight of those guys end up in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Eight of the nine. Wow. Wow. And, and I know that's a bold statement that's really going out there. Uh, I think seven of nine will. I don't think Josh Hamilton will. But I was, I was just saying this. It was like one of those weird things that you never think. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, oh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and, and Chris Bosh together, they're guaranteed the championship. No, they're not guaranteed anything. So I'm going with the National League on the mm-hmm. simple fact that there's no possible way the American League could be that good. And, and don't forget that uh, when the game, if it's a close game, when it's to be decided, Late in the game, it will not be the starters in the game. It'll be those guys coming off the bench that have the uh, big at-bats and, of course, the uh, bullpen for both teams. So we'll see. They can break the 12-game winning streak. By the way, uh, I had to do the math because, I don't know if you heard or not, but Louisa, our female intern, Big Dog? No squeeze She has less. No squeeze Louisa is no longer here. We are in need of a female intern. That's a whole other story. But the odds of losing 12 consecutive games, assuming the two teams are even, which the American League and National League, they're pretty much even. So if you flip a coin each time, to lose 12 times in a row, you ready for this? Uh-huh. One out of 4,096. That's how often it would happen. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And you know, the All-Star game has always been a game of streak. The National League won 72 through yep. 82. Yep. That's, that's 11 games. 10 years, that's 11 games. And then the... There was another streak where the, the American League started out 12 and 4, and then after that, the National League was 33 and 9. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, I don't know why, Coach. It doesn't make any sense, but it's a streaky game. All right, dog, we got to wrap it up. Uh, be careful of lactose intolerant people out there. They can be uh, dangerous to your general health. Have, yeah, Coach, I try to stay away, Coach. Have a great away. day. We'll do it again at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We appreciate everybody listening. David Olson, our producer, great. Job as always. Have a great day tomorrow at 10. TalkZone.com.